0: Welcome to Hit for Six. It's a, a Tuesday evening, 12th of January. It's cold, it's cloudy, it's dark, it's locked down. But the wonderful thing with this game of cricket is that there is sunny places elsewhere in the world where cricket is happening, and we've got lots to discuss: Australia, India, England, Sri Lanka. Michael, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, Rob.
1: I'm uh, like you said, I'm cheered in these dark and dank and sad conditions by the fact that I'm going to have Sky Sports on again, I'm going to have the cricket, and I'm going to be able to have it on as background TV while I work from home. That is honestly the best thing about working from home, being able to watch
0: cricket as you do it. And it's great background. So yeah, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Um, well, you, you're a lucky man, because uh, A, I don't have Sky Sports um, in my in my current flat. Uh, but secondly, my the, the nature of my job means it's quite, it's quite difficult to kind of, have the cricket ticking along in the background. So I'll be, the early, it's early morning in Sri Lanka and I am quite an early riser. So I'll get a session of TMS in while I do my yoga in the mornings. But then from then I'll have to put, put it to bed and catch up in the evenings. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'm happy with, yeah, the cricket going on. I've, the lockdown is of course very frustrating, very bleak, but with things as they are at the moment and the virus as it is in this country and with the vaccines on the way, obviously completely understandable. So that's what that is. Uh, and I think one thing I've particularly been enjoying this past few days is the India-Australia match. And the best thing about it is the fact there are crowds there because the Premiership rugby, Premier League football, Champions League behind closed doors, although they have the fake crowd sounds, whatever, it's, it's not the same as being able to watch sport happening the other side of the world with a crowd there, albeit not a full house, and it feeling like, Oh, well, at least somewhere, sport has returned as normal and life feels more normal. It's comforting and a nice bit of real-life escapism.
1: You're completely right about the crowds and it adding that atmosphere, which is so important. I mean, I've really not engaged properly with the Premier League this year. I just not felt as interested this year. The only thing that's really keeping me going is trying to beat you in fantasy football, which isn't going very well. But... Um, the crowds make a massive difference, although we did see the dark side of the crowd as well with the racial, with the racial abuse that the Indian player, I've forgotten his name, said happened. And that was really sad, actually, because I was reading about this player and he actually, you know, these Indian players have made huge sacrifices to go to Australia, as every team does and they do these tours at the moment. You have to isolate and all of that. And this guy had actually missed the funeral of his father to come play in this tour. And then for that to happen, in the crowd, it was, it, was, it was and in these circumstances, when we're lucky to get any cricket at all, and those crowd members are bloody lucky to be able to go watch it from my perspective, it felt a real shame, actually. Um, but it has been a really good test, and I did really enjoy watching it.
0: It has been. A, the player was Mohamed Siraj, I believe. The exactly. fast bowler down at Fine Leg was copping some abuse from some of the SCG crowds. And I think Ravi Ashwin also then spoke out, saying he'd heard a few comments, and they definitely had comments in the past. Yeah, which is it never nice. I, it, there's something about it. I mean, obviously, racism is a, a problem far deeper than just something that's not very nice. But there is something that it just feels so unnecessary whenever you get like a, particularly when it's just a fan just making some stupid comment to a player. You just kind of think, why? Um, It's, yeah, it is disappointing. As you said, it's overshadowed what has been a, both a lively series which we'll come on to speak about now but also a very high quality one and other players as well
1: have spoken about how they're incredulous that these fans just think by being in the ground and I think they are speaking quite specifically often about Australia fans Australia cricket fans think it's okay to just yell anything they want at the players and I've forgotten again the name of this player but he said he found it absolutely bemusing he was bending down signing an autograph for this kid and the dad and his mates were calling him the four-letter C word just behind the kid. And he's just thinking, like, yelling at him. He's just thinking, like, what on earth are you doing? How are you thinking this is socially acceptable? Anyway, it's just sad, isn't it? But the feistiness of the cricket, it's been a brilliant series and incredible from India. The fact that they've gone to, in my opinion, I think I—I I think Australia the number one side in the world at the moment. They've definitely got the best bowling attack in my eyes. And India have just been losing players left, right, centre. I think they've lost nine players to injury and absence other kinds of absence and yet they're still fighting and it's one all in
0: on the series it's amazing Controversial that Australia are the best side in the world they definitely do have a, a phenomenal bowling attack but that batting I don't know it feels, it feels weak Well they've got the best batsman in the world
1: in my opinion and they've got someone coming up who while I find him infuriating especially now he's copying all of Smith's quirks at the wicket and he just never shuts up in the field and he is being a real prat during this game as well but Marcus Labashain is a serious player like he's batting beautifully, so him and Smith together are amazing. Warner as well, it's a good bat, but yeah, the rest of the lineup's pretty weak.
0: Yeah, just... I mean, I'm looking at it, so you got um Matthew Wade, he's done pretty well as this kind of I suppose something we want to see from one of Butler or Bear State, someone who is a keeper but plays in the test as, a, as an out and out batsman. He's doing well, but he's not brilliant. Um, the youngster. Cameron Green, who's, who's come in and, and does look good, like he's going to be a good player. So they're, they're, they're certainly a very good side, one of, your, one of your best teams and very difficult to play in Australia. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd say I think India are a better team. And I think that's maybe been borne out with how, how well they've done, uh, especially without, without Kohli. So this most recent, I mean, firstly, an amazing win in the second test. We spoke about the first test with the Kohli being run out and all, and then them getting bowled out for virtually nothing. Uh, but the way they've come back from that, so win- winning that second test, I believe it was in Melbourne, uh, I think really standing up as, as captain and, and batting well. But then coming here and batting out that final day with, you know, batting all day, always going to be tough. Australia, as you said, great bowling attack, Cummings, Hazelwood, Lyon, Stark. To finish 334 for five, granted, I know Tim Payne dropped a, a few catches, but that's quite comfortable. It's not like it was a Jimmy Anderson, Monty, Panassar and Cardiff, nine down, just about scraping over the line. They've almost eased to... Oh,
1: it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible effort, especially as Ashwin's wife tweets about how he could barely stand up in the morning because he cricked his back so badly the night before. Guy at the other end had done his hammy, I think. Um, Bihari. Yeah, Pant had come in and with a very bruised arm played that brilliant knock. Like, no, it was an unbelievable effort. And like you said, they did it fairly comfortably. Like, actually, when you look at the scoreboard, you think, oh, why didn't they go for the runs? But actually, um, they obviously didn't go for the runs because of all the reasons we've mentioned and how their side was half crippled by the time they got to the end of that match. But it's a brilliant effort and it sets up a really exciting final test. The question, the thing for me, my big reflection is Tim Payne came out looking like a bit of a prat. For his sledging and calling Ashwin a dickhead and that sort of thing, and dropping the catches. But he's also getting a bit of a rep, I think, as a captain. As someone, when he gets tight, he goes a bit headless. Like, the Stokes miracle of headley was incredible, but it's pretty awful captaincy from Payne for that final hour. You know, fielders everywhere, um, kept, kept giving away the one, terrible view that cost them,
0: and it's kind of happened again here, particularly with the drops. Yeah, it did feel like he, he slightly lost his head. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's harsh to, it's hard to say, I think maybe one, there, there are other times where it's got a little bit close and Australia probably probably done all right. So I feel it's a bit difficult to label him as a, a captain who loses his head because on two occasions, things didn't quite get a plan because any player over a, a long career is going to find that. And, but on, on to some of those controversies, you mentioned one of them, Tim Payne, the second-rate sledging, really, a bit of abuse, like that whole kind of the nice Australia, the rebranded Australia that the Amazon Prime series, the test, tries to put across to us. Is it all a mirage? Are they all really bad blokes under the surface after all? But then also Steve Smith, this whole shadow batting on the crease, roughing up Richard Pant's guard so that when he came back out after tea, he had to remark his guards. Any, anything in those? Do we think Australia really are a nasty team who within the realms of the spirit of cricket whatever that even means or is that just Michael Horn trying to get Aggie on Twitter
1: in one of the first two tests uh, Wade and Pan had a big thing didn't they constantly facing off and I'm going to put my uh, reputation on the line here Rob Matthew Wade is a terrible bloke I think he's actually a pretty rubbish cricketer as well and he's one of the players I kind of hope stays in their side because I think I don't rate him, so I'd like to play against him. is um, I wouldn't like to play against him, but the, I want the England cricket team to play against him. Matthew Wade is a bad bloke. The rest of the team, I don't know, but I think the thing I've seen quite a lot the last few days is the point made that if you make an Amazon Prime series that you mentioned, basically all about redemption and all about changing our brand and changing us, and we're going to be good blokes now and all of that, then you're going to become you're going to get put under much harsher scrutiny. Than you would otherwise, and so you've got to meet those standards, or you're going to get, you know, slated like they are right now. The Steve Smith thing at first, I thought, oh, you're being an idiot. Like, why are you doing this? You know, you've already had previous of getting in trouble. But as I thought about it, I have thought it's pretty insignificant. Like we did, it's just marking, You know, it's it's just him being a bit quirky, and like you said, it's not going to put pan off seriously. So that for me is less of an issue. Apparently, Labishane was being a prat the entire game, like just constantly screaming nothing at short leg and just being quite annoying i
0: think he could be quite a bit of a rotter as well i'd push back i'm going to take the australian side here, perhaps controversially well firstly with matthew wade he scored 200s um, in an ashes series away from home so which i think is no mean feat i don't think you can say someone's a bad player when they scored 200s and i wasn't away-
1: convinced i'm i'm basing this i'm basing this on a hunch i just wasn't convinced i think when it at the point one of those one of those 100s is in the one they'd already um and they'd already secured the ashes, so I'm discounting it. Um, fairly or unfairly. And the other one, I'm pretty sure he got
0: dropped, so he got very lucky early on. Nah, he's rubbish. OK, fine. I'll take, I'll, I'll take both those things. Uh, but with, in terms of Australia more, more broadly, and being bad blokes and bad sledging, whatever, I've played cricket with Australians have been overseas players in, in this country, that kind of thing. And I find there's, there's two types of Australian, certainly two types of Australian cricketer. You get the nice softly spoken thoughtful Australian who inevitably ends up moving to the UK permanently and lives here and has a nice happy wife and three children in the home counties and and kind of gets on with English way of life and then you get the 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 real kind of thuggy Australian that drops the c word every third word is incredibly abusive drinks a copious amount of alcohol is perhaps reflected in some of the fans who just hurl insults at opposition players for the sake of it and if that's kind of Intrinsic to their national identity or their nature as, as a cricketing nation, then, then perhaps it's only natural for them to be not the nicest team to play against because I don't think they did anything in this test match. I agree with you with Steve Smith that the mark in the guard was was nothing and probably coincidental. I don't think they did anything in this test match that would be seen deemed as you know wrong, nothing on the scale of the stuff at Newlands uh, with the ball tampering it all it all feels just them being a bit aggressive and if that's what they're like and that's kind of their cricketing national cricketing identity then so be it i'm pleased we're not like that i'm pleased most countries aren't like that but if that's them then it's quite impressive of you you've taken their side but i reckon you've also probably if
1: we have any australian listeners you've probably also not pleased them too much as well with how you've (laughs) categorized them (laughs) you've managed to do both yeah Uh, yeah, i'll take that but it's, it's true you know what i mean Those. Where does Alex Bredner-Griffin, our old Australian friend from White University, fall into that category, in those
0: categories, do you think? I'd 100% fall into the first category. Now, he might not resettle to the UK, but he's, he's a considered thoughtful man. I remember having an excellent conversation with him about Australian politics and uh, kind of the toxic nature of it with, like, when there was that whole time with Rod and Gillard and everyone was backstabbing each other and the Prime Minister changed every two years. You know, he's a, a thoughtful man with considered opinions about these kind of things. But there is, there is a type of Australian who is basically a boorish, loudmouth, you know. That, that is, I, we've all surely met them, or at least encountered them at a cricket Particularly group. in cricket, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Not, not necessarily like all Australians everywhere in all contexts. I mean, particularly in and around the game of cricket. Um, and they bring so much to the game. My old club had a great overseas player for a long time, and he then settled here for a bit and became the first team captain. And he was that like, loudmouth Australian, drunk a load of pints, Swore his head off all the time. But he was a cracking bloke, bought a lot to the club, played hard, fair cricket. So there's a lot of good in it, but there's no doubt he would have said some stuff on the field that people would be like, oh, what's that about? To
1: to respond to your second point about how, you know, they're just being aggressive. They didn't do anything worse than usual and people, you know, overreacting a bit. This is just Australia, the way they play. My point is, if you do a series like um, The Test and, you know, it's all about this redemption and, Tim Payne, I think, is really getting stick because his entire brand is based on being a good guy and taking Australia and making them good guys. He's not really entirely there for cricket. Like his 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 cricketing place in that team isn't entirely secure. So if you take so I think he really let himself down by the way he acted as it started to step away, and I think he started to panic, because so much of his role in the team is him being a good guy. But I think if as a team as a whole, if you sign up to that series and you yeah, you know, spout all that nonsense, and I watched it. It was all right TV, but it got a bit thin at some points. You know, them complaining about crowds being mean to them and all of this after they cheated. If you then act aggressively like this, you're going to get a stick for it. And I think they can expect it and deserve it, to be honest. In the context, um, you anyway, know, that's my point.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that's that's fair in many ways. There is something about the whole the whole rebrand. This is what we stand for. Rebuilding the the brand of it. That then. Matesmanship, wasn't that one of them? Oh, isn't that an awful term? Matesmanship. That should, that should be banned. That should be, you know, that that word should never be used. And if it ever appears in a proper dictionary, we've got problems.
1: Like final point on this is when they did the thing at Newlands, they had for a few years becoming they've been being a really intolerable team. I really don't like Darren Lehman. I think he presided over a serious toxic culture. And he said some pretty unacceptable things in different contexts by different people. But, and I, and I think he he's a real boorish guy, actually. And I think he had a really boorish team under him. And you could see it. And like, do you remember in the World Cup when they beat New Zealand and um, Brad Haddon gave the massive send off to Grant Elliott in the final. Um, and they were just nasty for the whole tournament. And then it all culminates in this terrible thing at Newlands. And I think it had been building and building and building. And they went so far past the line, you can see the line. And I just really don't want to go back to that because it just wasn't nice. <laughs> and we're going back to that wasn't nice thing, but it just wasn't. Anyway, so I just hope I hope they don't go. I hope Langer
0: isn't a layman in disguise. As I say, I I see a point. And so, well, we'll see how it plays out. Final test is at the Gabba. Australia very good in Brisbane, so it'll be tough for India. Uh, but I'll be watching with bated breath and high. Boomers injured
1: apparently. Boomer can barely walk after that test, so they might have an entirely new seam attack.
0: Well, we'll see how they go. They've all power to them how well they have done. It's a shame we haven't had a full compliment. Kohli's obviously been away because of the birth of his child. Uh, I really am, really do think if, if India had, had their full team, they would have turned Australia over. Uh, and, because they, they won their last time. So it could be a second win in Australia on the bounce. On to other test crickets. Quickly, England on Thursday, they start their test series against Sri Lanka. Slightly depleted squad. No Ben Stokes, no Joffrey Archer, no Ollie Pope, no Rory Burns, no Rory Burns. But a still a testament maybe to our to a decent amount of strength and depth. I, when I was trying to pick my England eleven for the test on Thursday, I wasn't thinking. Oh crikey, we're thin on the ground here. The, with no without Stokes, the balance of the team doesn't quite feel right. It feels we're a little bit light on proper middle order batsmen.
1: Yeah, I guess it wouldn't help on that point, but without Murray Ali as well, providing a bit of that balance. I mean, I know Murray Nally can't buy a run at the moment, but in theory, he should
0: be able to provide that balance. So without him, it's also a factor. Yeah, and, and you see how, because without Burns, Crawley bumps up to be an opener. So that takes someone out the middle order. Uh, you then get Pope, so he's a middle order player, so he's out. And so then you get people like Butler, Wokes, creeping up into a higher batting position than might otherwise have been. So maybe we're a little bit light on the batting. Give but, me a team, Rob. Give me a team, very quick. So my team uh, is as pretty simple. So Sibley and Crawley opening up. Uh, Joe Root at three. Uh, and I wanted to kind of give Dan Lawrence the best opportunity to do well by playing him at four. So giving him that like great spot in the batting line up to do well. Uh, Bairstow, he's back in for me. Let's go on, let's give him a chance. A few people are out. Here's his opportunity. Last chance for me to really grab test cricket. Obviously he's a fantastic white ball player but could he be a test cricketer for England um, of the highest level so play him at five um, I've then got Butler at six and he's keeping so no folks I know you're going to give me the but it's in Sri Lanka you need your best gloveman all the rest of it but I felt we're a bit light on batting and I trust Butler more with the bat so Butler's at six Wokes at seven um, I've gone for two spinners so Bess at eight and I also have Leach he'd probably bat a bit lower down and then my final two seamers, Mark Wood and Stuart Broad. So uh, three seamers in total, Wood, Broad, Wokes, Noah Anderson. You know, I, I am of the opinion that he, we're best off just playing him in England, letting him hoop it around corners. I feel Wood's record away from home is far better than at home. So he's a natural fit. Wokes had a lovely summer. So I think he's really, particularly with no Stokes, he's our all-rounder to really go for it. Um adds good depth in the batting. Um, and then Broad, I... You know, particularly after his engagement to Molly King, I'm sure he's he's flying high uh, <laughs> up, up for playing in this test match. So I picked him as my final seamer.
1: I'm pretty, you know what, like, I, yeah, I do want folks in the team. I can't really work out how I fit him in at the moment. So fair enough. I think that's a good lineup. Um The only thing I think that will change is I think Bairstow's inked in for three. I'm pretty sure that Bairstow's going to bat three. Scored the t- his last test time was at three batting in Sri Lanka. And I think we can't keep making Joe Root go up and down if we wanted to get some form, like... Joe Root for me protects him. Put him at four. Besto, go to three. You've got another chance here, mate. Take it. Um, so that's that's a likely change I think for me. And just two other ones. Um, Dan Lawrence. I'm really excited about him playing. And I think you'll play at batter at five. He can hold a little bit of spin. Um, not much, but I'm really excited. It's the most excited I've been about a debut since Joffrey Archer, I'd say, because I've wanted Dan Lawrence in this team for ages. And then I agree with you about Mark Wood. I think you need at least one genuinely quick option on these pitches. I think that makes a real difference and he's ahead of Ollie Stone for me at the moment because he's got the experience, and the good away record, like you said. And I agree, Broad over Anderson. I'm not completely like we can't pick Anderson, but I don't think you can pick them together. And Broad's just had an incredible summer and he can bat a bit now as well again. So yeah, Broad for me. So I think we're actually, for the first time, Rob,
0: broadly in agreement. It's just about where players are in the order, really. That's what yeah, I'm And sure. to be fair, what you've just said about... Bear, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for Berster at three. I mean, he has had all his white ball success batting up the order. Granted, the red ball swings more and all the rest of it. But I do think that it's not going to hoop round corners in Sri Lanka. Uh, as I said, there's a lot to be said for protecting routes, um, lower down the order. I think that's fine. And so maybe, maybe, yeah, that's what Bearstone at three, route four, Lawrence five.
1: There's something about giving Berster that responsibility, I think, because... He needs to buckle down. He needs to protect that middle stump. And if we're not to go miles cartwheeling away. And I think something about putting him at three makes sense to me. Um, and I worry that if he's at five, we'll come out and make a pretty 20. Um, rather than we'd see the best that he needs to be. Um, in terms of the reserves. Like I think I'm wondering if they'll pick a third spinner. I think we're going to miss having Mo and Ali out for at least the first test, if not the second as well, because we've had no time to get practiced at all. Um, and I'm just not sure they want to chuck in Amir Verdi or Mason Crane or Matthew Parkinson. I'm not sure they see any of them as being ready, and I don't really see any of them as being ready either. Yeah. Who would you pick out of those three if you had to?
0: Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I'd I'd pick uh, Amir Verdi, I think he's a bit more liable, isn't he? But then yeah. he doesn't X-factor the leg spinners would. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it's all true, and you'd argue if we then had a leg spinner, a left armour, and a conventional right-arm off spin, then you've got all three at angles covered. So I'd, I'd probably rank them Verdi, Crane, Parkinson.
1: But none of them feel like great options right now, do they?
0: No, I mean for me, I, I think we're as we're as good having Root as a third spinner because he, I mean, he can take wickets, he turns it, he bowls fairly okay areas. If we need someone just to Fill some overs. I'm happy with him for now, but Joe
1: no Root can do that. Dan Lawrence can bowl a couple, like he's he's, he's a complete all sorts. But you know what, it may break a partnership every now and then.
0: I've 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 got run out having tried to run a quick single off Dom Sibley's dirty leg spin. So there's there's a lot to be said for for all of them.
1: yeah yeah fair enough I'm hopeful about this series I think it actually could be quite an even series because we've taken a slightly depleted side because Sri Lanka aren't the type team they were a few years ago but I really rate their captain they've apparently got this brilliant mystery spinner so that's exciting I think it could be good be a good watch
0: yeah I'm I'm a little bit well it's good that it's in Sri Lanka they got pumped by South Africa No, they really did they kept losing within a few days it wasn't pretty so I'm a little bit nervous on that front that they're they're not going to be great but I think They've in- got two senior batsmen coming back in
1: though who they didn't have they have Matthews and Chandamau probably both coming back in which is a big
0: help. Yeah, and home advantage I think is is really significant. But nonetheless, they're coming off a pretty pretty dire tour in South Africa. But hey, yeah, I, mean, I think it'll be good. I think it's a great it's a great opportunity for uh, for Dan Lawrence and Bairstow in particular. If one or both of them really step up, score big runs, it can't be dropped. Crawley does well opening, you know. Likes of someone who he thought would was nailed down a team, Rory Burns, someone who felt had given himself the chance to play for England for a while, Ollie Pope. If Lawrence Besto Crawley take their chances, they could be back yeah. in the next Cabs on the rank, which is a great yeah. position to be in for English cricket. I was going to say Sibley and Crawley
1: is also interesting because Sibley is there knowing, well, Sibley and Crawley are both there knowing they've got to take their chance without Burns there. Um, I mean, I don't want Burns to go. I really like Burns. So it's a weird one. Like, what am I rooting for here? Um, I also really liked that we found Crawley at three and he looked a good fit there. So while I want Berser to do well, I also won't be super sad if Crawley remains at three beyond this series. I don't
0: know. We'll see. Like you said, it's a good position to be in. Lots of good options. 100%. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. And we'll I mentioned we've got a, another good interview with a, a county cricketer that will release Basically, once this test match is finished. So we'll, we'll share that interview and also um, give our thoughts on, on how a test match um, unfolds then. So keep an eye out for that episode. The I've got moves. one uh, big question for you, though, Rob, that I meant to
1: ask earlier on. Yeah, go is on. Yoga in the mornings. Is it sport yogi?
0: Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, to be frank, it's not true. I don't do yoga in the mornings. I tend to do it in the evenings uh, and I do it about twice a week. So um, I slightly painted a picture that might not be reality sure. um, but it is sport yogi that i'm using i'm still on the free plan so it's a, it's a rotation of only a, a few exercises but um you know a bit, of, a bit of core work a bit of hamstring and hip flexibility love it it is very good i do recommend like i am now a user having had him on our on our podcast see we can make you a brand
1: ambassador have a word of lewis
0: yeah well um that'd be quite something going around campuses trying to get people to do yoga <laughs> i wouldn't be able to say no Brilliant. Well, Michael, have a good one. Stay safe and here's to some cricket over the coming days.
1: Final plug. If anyone listens to this, have a look at the article that's going up on our brand new website, hip6podcast.com. And that is going to be all about previewing this series that we've just talked about. So go have a look at it and you can have a look there for all of our episodes and lovely pictures of me and Rob.
0: Yes, thank you. Yes, a good plug. Exciting. Many thanks to a certain man called Will Kerry who's put that website together. Hit for six podcast.com and yeah it has all our old episodes and we'll have a few articles as, as time goes on uh, as well so if we do ever get cancelled off twitter or, or whatever else i can't see it somehow we're maybe not quite as controversial as um, certain uh, american political figures but then we'll we get our website to fall back on
1: if we get cancelled it'll be your fault rob
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i can't deny that but i, I don't think we will we're um well, no, we're good we're certainly not trumpian we're an institution Well, mate, happy new year again and have a good one and I'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, Rob. Good luck with the yoga.